live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. So brief disclaimer. The patient that I describe in this story has been disguised to protect their identity. The me that I describe in this story is 100% me. <laughs> My dad is a surgeon. And growing up, the coolest thing was when he, he would often get called into the emergency room and it was so great when we'd have to take myself and my siblings, hello, to, um, and my siblings uh, with him to the hospital. Now, we wouldn't go with him to see patients. Um, we would just hang out in the lobby and wait. But in, at El Camino Hospital, this was our opportunity to explore the maze of corridors on the floors, these glossy floors, were these painted colored lines. If you followed the yellow line, you got to the gift shop. <laughs> the green line took you in a circuitous way down to the cafeteria. And the red line took you to the emergency room. This was fabulous to me. And it was so clear. As I got older, things remained really clear. My dad's a surgeon. My older sister went into medicine and became a primary care doctor. And so, of course, I was going to become a doctor as well. Now, I did have a little bit of apprehension. My sister was always the smart one. I was always the sensitive, nice one. And, and I wasn't sure that being nice was going to be enough to be a good doctor. But I thought, I'll give it a shot. So I went to medical school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Uh, when I graduated, myself and the rest of my uh, peers we all very quickly realized that after four years of college and four years of medical school, we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, and that you were suddenly called doctor, and this was ridiculous. And this is why there's residency. It's kind of a chance for uh, intense on-the-job training. The first year of your residency is called your internship, uh, and all interns nationwide start on July 1. I was terrified, because somehow in all of this, it didn't become clear to me until then that doctors learn to practice medicine by practicing on people. <laughs> And I was acutely aware that people are human and shit happens. <laughs> now, everyone was frightened when they first started internship. But I could see my colleagues uh, soothing themselves by saying to themselves, hey, I care, I'm doing the best I can. 
you know, there's this whole hierarchy of uh, nurses and doctors uh, who are also looking out for my patients. And I was not soothed. Shit happens. And I made shit happen in the winter of my intern year. I was working in the intensive care unit, and it was my second day. And uh, I was shuffling through the index cards of the five patients that I was now suddenly responsible for, flipping through them, going through their medical information, and was thrilled to learn that one of them was about to be discharged. She had <laughs> one less responsibility. <laughs> Uh, she, she was elderly, had had heart failure, and was actually doing so well, they were actually going to discharge her directly from the ICU. Uh, so my resident said to me, hey, Julie, can you take out her central line? And I, being very nice, said, of course. Uh, and now a central line is a, uh, a tube, a hollow tube, that it's bigger than an IV, but it's usually placed either in your femoral vein or in your internal jugular vein. And the purpose is so that you can give people fluid or medicine really fast, or in this case, it can also, if it has a special thing on the end, can help you understand what's going on with their heart. So I was like, sure. And so I am chatting with this patient, and she, we're talking about what restaurant she wants to go to when she finally gets discharged from the hospital. And put a piece of gauze on the place, and I pull out the central line, and all of a sudden, her words stop making sense, and her eyes roll into the back of her head, and all of the monitors around her start blaring. And I stand there and look at her and think, Fuck, she needs a doctor. <laughs> and I am paralyzed. The ICU team swarms in, and one of them looks at me and looks at her and jumps in. I am standing there holding the smoking gun, and uh, they immediately put her into a head down tilt, shift her to her left side, and give her 100% oxygen. The next 90 seconds that felt like an eternity passed, and the monitor stopped blaring, her heart rate came back to normal, and she was gonna be fine. I, however, was not fine. <laughs> And as I watched her over the next few days, she ended up needing to stay in the ICU for a couple more days, uh, I realized I can't do this. I went into medicine to help people, not to develop a body count. And I was so ashamed that I couldn't perform in the ways that my dad and my sister clearly could. And so I ended up taking a two-week leave of absence and started to research masters in teaching programs because I thought, fuck it. Uh, this was the most expensive mistake I've ever made. <laughs> 
and now I'm gonna go teach high school English. <laughs> because you can't kill anyone there unless they provoke you, but you know, right? And a colleague of mine who was an intern in psychiatry saw me being a mess and said to me, you know, Julie, a spot was opening up in his program. Hey, have you ever thought about going into psychiatry? And I'll be totally honest, my dad's a surgeon. Like, I look at psychiatry, now I had been in more therapy than I care to admit at this point, but like, I don't know, they don't draw blood, you know, they don't have to wear a stethoscope, you know, is that really being a doctor? I mean, you just talk, what's that? Uh, but I thought, at that point, I was so beside myself, I thought, fuck it, I'll apply, and if I get it, great, and if not, I'll be a high school teacher. Uh, so I was applied, and I was accepted. Uh, this was not an easy transition. <laughs> For the next six months, I, uh, people would ask me, so what do you do? And I would say, well, I was a resident in internal medicine, and then I switched. <laughs> Which only begged the question, so what did you switch to? And I would say, well, I'm a psychiatrist, and I know that's weird, and please know I'm not analyzing you, and please, I had a normal childhood, and I know, I get it. Finally, I realized this was actually the place I was supposed to be. When someone is having a medical crisis, I can't think. But when someone's having an emotional crisis, I'm there. Yeah. You know, and it was profoundly humbling where I had, it was not even, I couldn't conceive that there was any, you know, painted line on the ground that would take me to this place that I am now at all. You know, and I look out and I think, well, where do I go from here? And, you know, it's tempting for me to look out at you all and think, well, what lines have you all followed? And maybe I'm gonna go follow that. You know, but at this point, at 42, I've realized I'm just gonna take a breath and see what happens next. <laughs>